Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 384 now of the Ron and Don Show, and welcome. What is happening, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, uh, don't forget, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios, and Ron, right now, there's a big spring tire sale, right? There's a spring tire sale. Make sure you say Ron and Don Central when you go in, and just do that that safety check. Now the gas is $5 a gallon. Might as well make sure your tires and brakes and alignment are all set. Yeah, I want to thank Mitch.Loans for helping to sponsor today's show, too. Yeah, if you use Mitch on a new loan, you get half a percent of the loan value back. That's an average savings of $3,000. So let's talk about this on today's show. We're going to talk about something they did in Colorado that I've been thinking about a lot. In fact, I was working through my living will and my will that I wrote when I croak. And so I've been updating that. And I've really been thinking about that. I drive by a graveyard on Queen Anne every day when I drop my son off. And I'm like, do I really want to be buried in a graveyard. It's you, funny that you think about that because when I drive by that graveyard, I'm like, what is the, this land worth? <laughs> like, it's got to be worth billions of dollars. <laughs> it's like, we can, you, know how many, you know how many houses I could build on that land? Anyway, they're doing something new with human remains. We have to wor- remember the world is a lot bigger than it used to be. And is this the direction uh, we all should be going? Also, we're talking about exercise. Ron's been doing a deep dive on this. Is exercise good for you, but maybe the exercise industry is not? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Housing, they say, I think it was in a Bloomberg article, they say that we are entering some uncharted territory. So, Ron, as we look into 2022, we have some more information that we didn't have uh, probably two months ago, especially when it comes to money, people's leverage. And the spring springboard, because for the first time, we are seeing some more homes come to market in certain parts of the country. And what's really interesting, for the first time, we're starting to see some foreclosures pop up in other parts of the country. Let's not forget, real estate here is not the same in Indiana, and it's never going to be. In fact, in Seattle, the real estate market on Queen Anne is going to be very different. It's very different, you guys, than the real estate market in Everett or on the east side or out in Snoqualmie or down at Olympia, for instance. So we have some really micro markets because we live in mark- micro neighborhoods here. Uh, anyway, what do you see as far as 2022 and the uncharted territory well, uh, that I, we're entering? To me, this is a haves and haves nots situation. Um, if you are one of the haves, let's say you are uh, a, to a couple, and we've had clients like this before, both people work in tech, both people are making healthy six-figure incomes, and the type of housing that they're looking in, they can afford. So they can go in, and they, they ha- even with an interest rate that goes up, they're still well-qualified. They have cash money. Uh, to make a great down payment or even have the whole thing in cash. And so they can escalate and absorb these things. And I'm always astonished. Uh, There have been several deals that we've done. 
people are throwing around a hundred grand or 200 grand pretty cavalierly. Not that it doesn't mean anything, but they're able to generate. If you're like, Hey, Oh, we need to come up with an extra hundred grand done. Like make that happen. And it's like, you don't have to think about that. You don't have to transfer money from a say, like they just have that. So the haves, I think even though money's going to get a bit more expensive, they're still within, they have buffer for that. They have cushion. When you go down the next step, and these are the people that I kind of feel myself rooting for and fighting for, people that have good jobs, college educated, uh, families, and they they kind of have a hard ceiling. So when they were qualified, I'm going to use a million dollars because it's easy to do the math. When they were qualified for a million dollars, when interest rates before they hiked, now as we're ratcheting this up, the Fed is ratcheting it up. Now they're in a market, as you said, that's super competitive and their buying power just dropped by 50 grand, 75 grand, a hundred grand, maybe more. And so now the houses that they were trying to get into, um, are going to get even more scooped up by that, the next tier up. And then the, the third tier down, uh, these are folks again, it's almost like you're saying that they're poor. They're not poor. If you're buying a half a million dollar house or a $400,000 condo, that's still a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we should get so callous that we go, I've had fellow agents come to us and go, Oh, it's, it's only a $250,000 deal. It's like, dude, that's a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, my parents' house that I grew up in, it probably still isn't worth. Come on. You don't do the, my parents' house. It's not. I just did it. You say that. You say that. I just did it. Who would you say it to? I say it. No, I'm saying it to the podcast people right now. Oh, you are. Okay. And so, so I think. Thank you for your wisdom. If you're a have. Did it it snow on that block too? If if you, if you're a, one of the haves, it's probably not that big a deal. Like you're going to be, you're not happy about the interest rate going up, but you can still do what you want to do. If you're in those other two tiers, I think it's a very big deal. I think if you were striving and stretching to get a single family home in the Pacific Northwest and you were right at the limit, almost every house I've ever purchased, I felt like it was right at my limit. And then three or four years later, I was like, okay, I'm really glad I did that. But if you're right there, those are the folks that are going to be, in my mind, really squeezed here, especially on the east side. Holy cow. Like it is so competitive there. And that, that could be the difference. The, 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 the power you lose with a half a point of interest going up, that could be the difference in getting your dream house or not getting it. Just to give you some kind of idea and some deals that we're doing. If you're aiming at 1.2 million right now in the Seattle market, and I'm talking about the city itself, not the Metro, but the, the, the city itself, you're and there's 3.7 million people now that live in the Seattle Tacoma area. Here in Seattle, we're still under a million, and we still have a lot of single-family homes compared to other cities. So that's why the backyard cottage and the ADUs and all that that the city has embraced, it's one way to try to get in uh, more doors on more property without pissing off everybody that ends up suing the city when they try to go higher and denser in neighborhoods where there's people that have pockets, they have a lot of cash, they own single-family homes, and they don't want multifamily around them. And, and they're willing to sue in order for that not to happen. So that's been one of our issues here, right? So that's why in King County now, uh, on average in the Seattle market, it's, it's $1.1 million to own a home here. If you're going to aim at a $1.1 million home, 
you 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 have to have enough money in reserves in real estate we call it keeping your powder dry to probably go one four to one five on a one a one 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 two house to to win it and if you're aiming at a one five house be prepared to go to one eight one nine somewhere in there uh, and our friend uh, Heidi who just sold a home in our neighborhood came on at one six I think she sold it at two one so so it's really important. If you're qualified for a loan of let's say one five, that you're not shopping at one five. Now, if you're going out and you're buying something with a shared wall, that's different, right? If you buy a townhome, then you don't have to aim as high. So, if you get qualified on a town townhome for a million bucks, you may be able to find a townhome for a million bucks. Same thing with a condo. We're not seeing uh, the craziness in the condo market uh, or even the townhome market that we have seen in the single family home market. So I would tell people out there, if you can't land a single family home and rents are skyrocketing and going up, you guys, and and I know that. I have a lot of people contacting me now wanting summer rentals. They're working at Amazon, all that stuff. And it's like, hey, we're we're booked. All, All mine are booked. So, and, and these have been booked since January. So, so if you're looking and you've been looking for a single family home, fast forward to the east side. On the east side, you have to be ready to go three to six hundred over, sometimes depending on the home and the neighborhood. Three to six hundred over. And that's because of all the pressure. Uh, anyone can say what they want. You can say Amazon Q2 is in Virginia. It's not, it's on the east side. It's exploding over there. Uh, and then also there's a lot of foreign money that we saw dry up after the last crash. And we see a lot of that money is back. So it is back. And people specifically in China, you can't own property there. You can, you can, you can lease it for 99 years. So they deploy a lot of their money here. Typically their kids may come here and go to school and they're like, Hey, I'm at the university of Washington. Why rent? Let's go buy something and make an investment. And so we're seeing a lot of that as well. We will see you on the other side of this. You can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs>
Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to The Ron and Don Show. If you're like me and you're over 50, uh, you should have a durable power of attorney. What's a durable power of attorney? We deal with this in in real estate all the time. Uh, If I'm remembering it right, it's that while you're still alive, but you are not able to or you don't feel confident necessarily or able to uh, do all of your financial information, you have another person that you've appointed and you trust to do that for you. So they could sign uh, a check for you, for instance, or do broker a real estate deal. It can be a person or it can be people. So for instance, let's say you have dementia in your family, which I do, uh, and let's say you're concerned. So I'm going to make sure as I get older, something happens to me. In fact, Ron is one of my people uh, in my durable power. And what you can do is, let's say you have three kids, maybe two of the three kids have to agree or all three have to agree in order to make a decision. So that's your durable. And then also, what do you want to have happen when you're no longer around? And I've been thinking about this a lot because I drive by graveyards. Uh, there's a family graveyard where my grandparents are buried. I asked my mom the other day if she wanted to be buried there because I think her sister, who is in hospice, will probably be buried there. My sister's brother, who died when he was four, uh, no vaccines back then, you guys. Uh, so little Jack passed away. My older brother's named after him. Uh, and then I asked her if, if, if when we were in Maui together, uh, just kind of talking about where do you want to be? And, and she was never really able to give me an answer on that. And, the, and it made me ask my, well, what do I want to do? Cause I don't, I don't want to be in a graveyard. I, I, I just don't. I don't want my human remains to be like underground. I don't like that. Uh, I've had a few friends that have passed away. And so on some Discovery Park runs, uh, and along with some of my other running friends, uh, we've, la- we've left family members and people we love and care about out at uh, Discovery Park, out at the uh, um, uh, lighthouse out there. We also did the summit of Rainier. Yeah, our friend Brad Perkins. Uh, a number of years ago, we we went to the top of Rainier, and Brad was a climber, and he was also uh, a great colleague at Cairo. And he had passed away, and he asked me to take him to the top, so I did. So we we let him go in sixty mile an hour winds, and it it it, it was pretty cool. And the cool thing about that is Brad has been left in some other places too. So like he's a great musician. Uh, so he was left in a place in a venue where he played music. He loved hockey, so he's left at a hockey rink. I've seen people after Seahawk games run down to the field, and you see them out in the center of the field, and you know what they're doing. Uh, my friend Janine did that with her father. She travels all over the world, and she takes her dad with her in a locket, and she leaves him uh, in places um, all over the place. And then she sends pictures, and I think it's a great memory. Like, when I look at Rainier, I think of Brad. I do. When I fly over that volcano, I remember that day being up there with Kath and Keith and, Kath and, uh, Captain Keith and my team. I, I, I remember that. Or uh, when I run by the lighthouse. I always think of our friends that, that we left out there in, in Discovery Park. So for me, that's where I would like to be left. I'd like to be left, I think, out in Discovery Park with my friends out there. Uh, and I also don't want it, – it, it's pretty astonishing when someone dies and, and your family's crushed. And then you have some of these folks that are in the death business start upselling you. <laughs> and you feel like, man, 
I gotta, I, I gotta get the casket with, with the wet bar in the mini fridge. I just have to, right? You, I can't put them in an old pine box. So they start up selling you, and the next thing you know, your casket is twenty two grand. So, uh, so I've been thinking about this, but so have people in the state of Colorado because in Colorado now. Uh, if you don't want to be left out in Discovery Park, it seems like you could be left in someone's garden, right? Yeah, the first person uh, after it was legalized in Colorado uh, that has been turned into soil is now completed. So they said this. This surprised me. The what I don't really understand the process. They said the human body that goes through this process produces about enough soil to fit in a small bed of a pickup truck which is a lot of soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what you do with that soil, they're trying to go, you're not allowed to you know, grow food in this soil straight away. Like there's these regulations that they have on it. But the first person that signed up for this said, I would like to basically be incorporated literally back into the earth uh, and, and have my remains turned into soil with this process. So they put the body, uh, the cadaver, into a space. They introduce all these microbes uh, it consumes the the body, and they sort of aerate it, and then you get this soil. And so then the soil, the family can do with it what they will, but you can't grow food with it, evidently. Um, and it's legal in Washington State as well. Washington was one of the first states to do that. And people, this is appealing to some people. Uh, my first instinct was like, ah. And the more I thought about it, I was like, maybe. Like, that might be interesting. Where are you going? You going to a body farm? No, I'm not going to dedicate my body to science. I don't want to. Especially after, I think it was King Five. They did. Yeah. The guy who had the the dead bodies and he he drove them down and he left them all over the Arizona desert when he was done with them. Yeah. He's a a body farm, like, wholesaler. Right. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Uh, But this, I'm I'm warming up to this idea. Where are you going? Because let's say you. Have you thought about this? Where are you going? Well, hopefully, I've got a while. No, you don't. Nobody does. And so, Lyle, Lyle's over like this. Where do you want me to put you? Um, you want me to shovel dirt on your face? Well, I don't have a problem with that. I'm going to say I'm going to say the top of Mount Rainier again because hopefully you'll be in our 80s. <sighs> and it's like, all right, O'Neill, get up there, get up there. I'll fly over in a plane and drop you. How about that? Perfect. See you on the other side. Switch to Mitch. Switch to Mitch. Switch to Mitch. Everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, Ron, is switching to Mitch. That's right. right. Mitch.loans. Mitch Weeks joins us. And Mitch, you did something the other day that was amazing to us. Ron and Don Nation member wanted to buy a house. You were at an engagement party. The audacity of going to an engagement party. I was able to call you and get the approval letter because we just didn't have it and we put the deal together. So, A, thanks for answering the phone. And that's different than a big bank, right? It sure is, yeah. I like to be always available for my customers, especially Ron and Don Nation. And, yeah, you got a, you got me on the phone and I stepped out of the party and we quickly got him approved. It felt great. Yeah, it was on a Saturday night. I was bringing the buyer and I reached out to my friend Todd and Sue and I said, hey, let's reach out to Mitch tonight. And on a Saturday night, there's no big bank out there that's going to get this deal done. We got it done and we were able to buy that home. We went on day one. We bought it on day one because Mitch was there and he answered his phone on Saturday And then night. they are still getting the half a percent deal for being in the Ron and Don Nation from Mitch.loans. Go to Mitch.loans right now. If you're buying a new place, you save a half a percent just for being in the Ron and Don Nation. NMLS 1691573. 
right, you guys, uh, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I'm sitting in a room right now, the Peloton bike, and Peloton on the stock market just took a super dump. And the reason they did is because people like me during the pandemic, we really wanted to ride this bike. But now I've returned to the gym. So I used to get on this bike probably four or five times a week. Now I get on this bike maybe once or twice a week. Let's say it's raining outside. My son is here. He's 11. I don't want to leave him at home alone. So I'll come in here maybe on a Saturday morning. Sidebar, when you're by yourself on the bike, do you still yell hip hip at random times? Yeah, all the time. Even when you're alone? What's that? Even when you're alone? Of course I do. Hip! You got the the Bruce Hornsby and the range rolling and then you hip hip! You're something like, who are you yelling at? I have to say the disappointment in the Peloton and everybody tells me how great the instructors are. To me, they're not. Uh, It's just a lot of noise. They don't ride with precision. Uh, they all kind of do the same thing and, and they made these Peloton stars and, and so some of them ended up on dancing with the stars and, and doing other stuff. But, but as far as being a technical rider, uh, I would, I don't think I'm being hubris about this and you've been to my class and I taught for over 20 years. What I did, there's, there's a reason I got paid the money that I, that I got paid. And there's a reason why I filled every spin room every time I taught at 5.45 in the morning is because I cared. I worked on it. I wasn't shooting from the hip. And all these people at Peloton are just kind of shooting from the hip. So so anyway, the the kind of the COVID bubble blew up. And a lot of us now, like I didn't run at Discovery Park for a long time because every time I ran by somebody, I didn't have a mask on, they turned their back and I'd feel horrible. And the park was so full of people during COVID, there was no room to run. Well, now everybody's left, so I can go back and I can run through the park. If I have a chance, I'd rather get on a real bike with my son than than just a stationary bike. It's interesting, though, because a lot of people did turn toward apps and Peloton. Uh, We're sitting in a room right now with some of my weights that I used all during COVID, but it's a relief to get in the car, leave here, go somewhere, work out at a gym and come home. And I know that you've been doing that too. So that feels good. Anyway, there's a story out today that says, you know what? Exercise, good for you. Exercise industry, maybe not. What are your thoughts? I I could not agree more with this. And this is the thing I've been battling uh, and, you know, talking to my counselor about this, like working through it. Cause, cause you, the diet culture, which I had never really delved into this concept deeply before, but diet culture sells you a bill of goods. It's really one of the only industries. If a car company was like, hey, we're going to sell you this product and it's going to do X, Y, and Z, and then you bought it and it did none of those things, you would go, hey, wait a minute. You, I, you told me that this was going to do all these things and it doesn't do any of them. And the diet culture constantly tells you, do this, this, and this, and you're going to be shredded. You're going to lose 20 pounds. You're going to, you know, it, it sells all these affirmations and you get a model uh, in the picture that you aspire to look like. And then not only does it not do that, the rebound is worse than when you started. And so the diet industry is built upon the psychology of people's insecurity, the psychology of, of, uh, you know, these aspirational things and they cannot deliver on it uh, because it's just proven uh, like every, 95% of diets uh, don't work. All the stuff you can go read. And so, but the diet industry is very large in America and they are highly motivated to give you the next thing. And if you notice the, the most recent diets don't call themselves diets and they call themselves programs or methods or apps or whatever. 
And so the key is, and, and you sort of uh, turned me on to this, find, just find something that you enjoy doing, moving. And, and even if it's the, 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 it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I could go, let's say I did 20 push-ups today. The old me would be like, oh, man, like, why even bother? 20 push-ups doesn't mean anything. Like, you got to be throwing weights around. You got to get in the gym. You got to, you know, if you're not working out for an hour and it's like, well, if I did zero push-ups yesterday, 20 push-ups today is good. There's there's no world where that's not better than I did before. And so if I just stay, if I did 20 push-ups a day and then the next thing you know, doing 30 and then doing 40 or whatever, um, as long as I'm doing it, it's exponentially better than imagining that I'm doing full workouts, if that makes sense. Yeah, because that's it, what I used to do is imagine I was going to do, a, you know, a 100-mile bicycle ride. Yeah, and I have to tell you, bodybuilding is one of the worst things you can do for you. The diet is horrible. The restraints are horrible. It's not natural for you. It's okay as you get older to have some blubber and a little fat. Uh, my son and I were swimming out at the pool the other day, and he has a little blubber and fat, which means – I was freezing my hair off and he could sit there and swim and swim and swim. And so he burned a lot more calories than I did because he's four foot 10. He hasn't grown it a year. And so his body is going through puberty right now and it's hanging on to that blubber and fat, which is supposed to. The problem is he looks in the mirror and he sees that blubber and fat differently. And so I have to explain to him from time to time, hey, the, the important thing is that we're swimming, that we're moving, that we're walking. That we're trail, whatever it is that we're doing, that we're doing some construction stuff together. Uh, we're playing basketball. As long as we're moving and we're paying attention to our cardiovascular system, that's what's going to take us the rest of the way. It's not whether you wear a 32 pant or a size 36 pant. And that's one thing on, the, on the, you know, this anti-diet culture thing that I do like. You can be healthy at just about any size. And I always use the example of go to a 5K run, Someone that's way bigger than you gonna is going to smoke you. Pushing, pushing two babies. And what does that mean? That they're more fit than you are. They just have a different body size. Yeah, and it means those babies must be taken out. So I'm not afraid to tri <laughs> trip the stroller. All right, you guys. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to episode 384. We really appreciate it. And don't forget... Uh, we appreciate so much that Les Schwab is sponsored today's show. In fact, they're the title sponsor. We are broadcasting from my house, but in my house, we have built the Les Schwab Studios. And Ron, I see you over there on the other side of tires right now. Lots of tires here. Uh, it's because we got a big tire sale going on. Tire sales going on right now. Also, that free uh, spring driving safety check. Just go in, tell them Ron and Don sent you. They will get everything uh, checked out for, for no cost. Yeah. Thanks to Mitch.Loans for sponsoring uh, today's show. And we appreciate everybody picking up the phone and calling him. He's been doing a lot of work for the Ron and Don Nation. Yeah. And if you've been waiting, waiting, waiting on the refis, never done one, uh, contact Mitch.Loans. Also, if you have a loan coming up, you can save one half percent of your loan value goes right back to you. Average in King County is over $3,000. Yeah. And if you need us, just do what Lori did the other day. Uh, Lori and I started talking a couple of years ago and then she called me. She's over in Ballard and she said, Hey, uh, we're ready to sell. We need your help. And again, we sat down two years ago. We stayed in flow and in contact. And Don so said, new phone, who dis? <laughs> so we would see Lori the other day and, uh, 
and we're making a, a connection there to see if we could be helpful. If you think we could be helpful, let's sit down together like we did with Lori. All you have to do is go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. We'll send our buyer's playbook, our seller's playbook, and you can also get signed up for the Nation News. That's our newsletter. Till next time, you guys, keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you. Episode 385 will be here just before you know it. Yeah, you're listening to the Ron and Don Show. All right, on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.